0: You are locked on college football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You're listening to Locked On College Football. It's your Tuesday host. I'm Zach Blackley of Locked On Auburn, joined by Isaiah Hole of Locked On Wolverines and Wolverines Wire. How you doing, man?
0: You know what? I'm good. Michigan got a win. Michigan fans are finally excited about something. Big 10 (laughs) fans, about half of them are excited about something. The other half, looking at you, Penn State, Michigan State, not happy about things at all. Looking at you, Iowa.
1: (laughs) A lot of... A lot of craziness. College football went full tilt on us on Saturday. So we're going to talk about the biggest stories in college football, of course. Uh, Isaiah hit on a bunch of them briefly just now. Big Ten's back. Lane Kiffin is being Lane Kiffin as he is fined by the SEC. Florida is finally practicing again after like two weeks off due to COVID concerns. And is there a new contender for the Heisman Trophy? So we'll get to all that. First things first, man. Let's kind of go micro on this. Uh, you finally, uh, finally, <laughs> as a... As a beat writer of a Big Ten school, you finally got the opportunity to cover some uh, some football.
0: Yeah, it was really surreal. I've I've been as a fan. I was a part of the largest crowd watching a football game at the time. It got that that got beat out when uh, Tennessee played uh, was it Virginia Tech uh, at um, that racetrack at Bristol.
1: Yeah, but, Bristol. Yes. Yeah.
0: But for as far as Michigan's concerned, I was a part of the largest crowd watching a football game, uh, and then this last weekend I was a part of the smallest group watching a Michigan football game in person in a hundred years, over a hundred years. So that was surreal. Right. But I mean, it's just good to finally have something to, to cover. I do miss the dual TV setup, laying in bed, getting to watch a bunch of other stuff, but you know, it, it's nothing better than actually being live active and then, uh, watching the team that you've been covering forever, actually yeah. get to be out on the field.
1: Well what what uh what were some of your takeaways for this Michigan team? They uh they got a squad that can compete this year.
0: I mean, if they don't win the next 10 college football playoffs, it's a disappointment. Um <laughs> I, I think that that's uh that's pretty evident. Um that this is assuming Joe Milton finds 10 years of eligibility, right? Um I mean, I, I, they are what I thought they were. Not to sound like uh Denny Green, but uh like they they are exactly who I thought they were really, like the defense was good, but, you know, had some trouble, you know, a little bit of trouble intermittently with Minnesota. Uh, the offense was worlds better. I mean, this is exactly what I anticipated. And I know that that's not what the national narrative had been. The national narrative was Michigan can't win games like this. Michigan's never under Harbaugh going to be whatever. And, I, I mean, we, we joke, right, as uh, on, in the Michigan beat, because every time that Michigan wins a game like this – guess what? It's no longer a big game that they won. And then the next time that they face, <laughs> like when they play Wisconsin, they're going to be like, oh, this is a type of game Michigan can't win, even though Michigan beats Wisconsin literally every other year. And then they'll win it, and then they'll they'll be the same thing when they get to Penn State, and then it, it's just going to repeat. And then the, the weird thing is that's going to happen is we're going to get to Ohio State, assuming Michigan's pretty good still. And who knows what will happen against Wisconsin or Penn State or even Indiana we'll get to Ohio state and the national media will be like, this is the year that Jim Harbaugh figures it out against Ohio state. And then they'll lose. And then the cycle will continue to repeat. And then suddenly they're going to struggle to beat Rutgers in the eyes of many national media people.
1: Well, to be fair, I mean, in the year of 2020, it's nice to kind of see some normalcy return.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Although Michigan having a, like a dynamic leader, at quarterback, the way that Joe Milton looked, I mean, that's the least normal thing that could happen. So it's uh, slightly bizarro, mostly normal with a a pinch of bizarro.
1: What, no Shea Patterson leadership for you? That didn't do it for you?
0: Listen, I like Shea Patterson. I'm a Shea Patterson apologist. Joe Milton's just next level.
1: Yeah, there's a difference there for sure. As far as other teams going on in the Big Ten, I mean, you, you mentioned a bunch of them. Uh, in the open there, Isaiah. I think um, I think Penn State's the biggest one. We'll hold that one till uh, to last. But uh, who else stood out to you in the Big Ten?
0: Well, Wisconsin definitely did. Uh, I thought Wisconsin was the most impressive, to be honest. With Graham Mertz, now R.I.P. because Graham Mertz tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And so did his. So so he's number quarterback number two. Quarterback number three also tested positive for COVID chase Wolf, I believe his name is.
1: So, yeah, I, I saw that headline where, you know, his backup tested for it. So that's um, at some point you got to put a receiver that probably played, you know, played quarterback in high school or something like that back there. And considering Wisconsin's
0: one of those schools that always seems to have quarterbacks for 15 years, what, what happened to like, where's Ricky Stanzi? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't I don't even think Ricky Stanzi is for, I think that's an Iowa quarterback, but that's the first I thing I right, could think yeah. of. That was the first name I could think of.
1: They're the same. Let's. Well, I mean, what are we? What are we kidding ourselves? <laughs> exactly. So Wisconsin is
0: just better and prettier. Iowa is what I'm trying to say. You could pick Wisconsin out of a lineup. So that's uh, that's all I'm, I'm trying to say with that. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, Graham Mertz was really really impressive, going 20 for 21, 248 yards, five touchdowns. Especially considering that first quarter looked kind of like a draw. Uh, I did get to watch at least the first half of that game and I listened to the next uh, the next quarter. I, I really honestly thought of tweeting right after the first quarter of like, well, Wisconsin doesn't impress me and I said, wait, let's hold up. let's not let's not say something that old takes exposed is gonna find. Uh-huh. Let's just let's just chill out on that. And I was good for it to have some a little you know restraint there. And, uh, I mean, I thought that they were the easily the most impressive. I, I knew that Graham Mertz was going to take them to another level. Uh, and I thought that that's what they need, right? No, Like, people acted at, like Wisconsin in the status quo without Mertz leading it was just going to continue to roll. And I'm like, who's watched Jack Cohn and thought that he had that type of dynamic ability because no Jonathan Taylor. They lost so many other guys. They lost a couple really big receivers, uh, but they, you know they still did have you know have Davis. They still have uh, a lot of other guys that could step up, but they just didn't really seem like they could do it on their own. Bringing in the five-star quarterback, putting him under center, I thought needed to happen. And it's unfortunate that an injury uh, or illness—we're not really sure what happened with Jack Cohn—that that's what put them in the position where they had to go with Mertz. Uh, I think that that makes them significantly more dangerous. Now, we'll see what happens the next three weeks because I think they can get past the next two, but if Michigan continues playing the way it did in week one, I don't think Wisconsin stands a chance without having Graham Mertz. I think if yeah. Mertz is able for, to play for whatever reason, uh, I think it makes uh, makes that a formidable matchup, to be honest.
1: Yeah, sure. No, that makes sense. And as far as Penn State, I mean, what a uh, what a rough way for them to start. I mean, you talk about football being a game of inches. I mean that one came down to it.
0: Oh, absolutely! But you you know what? If 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 you're Penn State and you're looking at that, and you're and you're saying they the ball hit the ground, it was out of bounds, whatever, blah blah blah. Listen, you had a million opportunities to win that game. You're right. And you gave it away. You got hit a field goal, hit any field goal, and you won that game. And you, you know, or have enough awareness to know like, hey, I can't run for a touchdown. That also hurt the Atlanta Falcons, which was hilarious, by the way. Uh, but nonetheless, when you look at, at, at Penn State, I mean, I they are kind of what I thought they were as well. Uh, I thought that – I was surprised that so many people in the national media were picking Indiana to win. That was my choice as well. But we, we talk about Penn State collectively as if they are just – a. Small rung behind Ohio State, and I have not seen that from them. Uh, every every other year, they they lose three to five games. Uh, every other year, they're they're pretty terrible, and they they lost so much. You know, you 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 lose KJ Hamler, you lose yeah. Gross Matos, you lose Micah Parsons. How on earth would you think that they were suddenly going to take a step forward? They weren't.
1: Yeah, I kind of see Penn State as you know. I just kind of being an outsider SEC guy looking at the Big Ten, it's Ohio State, Michigan and Wisconsin. And then it's like, we've got to lump somebody else in there. And Penn State's way more entertaining to watch than Wisconsin is. So let's kind of like, you know, will them to be good. I think you can kind of see a similar situation in the SEC with like Florida or Auburn, where it's like, traditionally, it's Alabama, Georgia and LSU. And it's like, well, let's kind of will one of these other teams in there because every now and then they make, can get a quarterback, you know, some kind of awesome talent and kind of thrust themselves into that situation. Penn State kind of seems to be the same to me, where it's like if they have the dudes every three or four years, you know, every two or three recruiting cycles, there's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the guys they lost and the Micah Parsons opting out. I mean, that's a big deal.
0: Exactly, and you know what? They... I, I do think that they are a part of that four because it seems like them in Michigan trade every other year uh, yeah. as to who's going to be the better team. Uh, but Penn state always gets this benefit of the doubt. And I, and James Franklin gets the benefit of the doubt and he's always made really bad coaching decisions. Uh, and you saw that again. And I, I just knew that the talent wasn't quite at the level that it, uh it had been. Uh, so it's, Wait till next year, Penn State. You still can salvage some of it, but you're probably staring down the barrel of 0-2 this year.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Zach Blackerby, Isaiah Hole with you. Hey, want to give some love to our friends at rockauto.com. Isaiah, I know you saved a ton of money using rockauto.com.
0: Oh, I absolutely have. You know, I've saved thousands of dollars using rockauto.com when my old Cadillac had issues with its timing belts time and time again. Twice I, I went to rockauto.com, spent a couple hundred dollars instead of a couple thousand. Uh and you know what? It's it's everything you can get everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps to new carpet. Whatever you need, you can get it at rockauto.com. It's a family owned business. It's been uh operating online for twenty plus years. I'm telling you, rockauto.com is the place to go when you need auto parts. Uh it's absolutely life-saving if you're in a situation where you need to spend a little bit less money, and you can, you can you know what, they don't change their prices. You can go from uh, getting this economy version, or you can go to getting the, the actual retail version, or you can get something even better. That's the great thing about it all. So I am telling you, rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the par- uh, parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
1: Do you ever feel like you're always on? These days everything is go, go, go. Well, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. It's I mean, it is the official beer of chilling and watching your favorite team on Saturdays and sports in general. Um, I cracked open a few Coors Lights over uh, this past weekend and um, highly encourage you to do so as well. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It is the beer that is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's when, uh, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. So I think my favorite story from this past weekend, and I may be a little biased because Auburn is involved with this, but Lane Kiffin, head coach of Ole Miss, gets fined. And I don't know if Lane Kiffin's loved everywhere or if it's just in the south because that's kind of where he, most of his stops have been. I Isaiah, love him. I, okay, I, I, yeah, good, 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 good. Um, and so uh, he, he kind of went to social media and um, was complaining about the SEC officiating, not doing anything, not reviewing this call where they kicked off the Auburn returner, Sean Shivers, I think it clearly touched his finger in the slow-mo replay. You can see his finger kind of bend back when the ball bounces past him, and it lands in the end zone. The rest blow the whistle and then Ole Miss runs down and lands on the football and Lane Kiffin thought it should have been a touchdown. It certainly looked like it should have been a touchdown. There's also kind of some added drama here because, you know, we talked about the weird backwards spike thing that Auburn quarterback Bo Nix did a few weeks ago against Arkansas. And then the uh, the SEC officials blew the whistle too early before anybody could jump on it. So kind of these two weird plays, but um, he he kind of went out and said, hey, the SEC blew it. And then the SEC came out and said, hey, we blew it. Also, we're fining Lane Kiffin $25,000. So Lane Kiffin, being the king of petty that he is, which I absolutely (laughs) love, um, he's trying to figure out, you know, how he can pay twenty five thousand dollars in pennies, and he like tweets out the video of, you know, uh, the, this guy like paying this twenty five hundred dollar fine in pennies, and he's like, "I need two and a half million pennies, people," and I think that is absolutely hilarious.
0: I also saw the picture that he posted from the boat with his kid, saying like he he he's worried about his college fund. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can I can I share a quick Lane Kiffin story? Uh,
1: I, I will always say yes to that question.
0: So I weirdly, I have Lane Kiffin's, uh, I actually have his phone number. Okay. Believe it or not. And so I, uh, there were rumors before Michigan hired Josh Gaddis, there, there was starting to be that buzz that, hey, Michigan's going to look for a new offensive coordinator. And the rumors started settling pretty heavily up here in Ann Arbor on Lane Kiffin. Okay. I, listen, I didn't think that they were true. I mean, he's the head coach of FAU. It seemed like he was going to take another head coaching job, not step back and be an offensive coordinator somewhere else. But I know that he's got a friendly relationship with Jim Harbaugh. So I re- I, this is probably not something I should share, but I'm going to. So I reached out to Lane and said, did, hey. Did
1: you text him or call him? I texted him. Okay.
0: A- and I was like, hey, you know, I, I don't know if you remember who I am, but I just wanted to check here's what the rumors are. Off the record, on the record, whatever you want. What, you know, is, is there any veracity to this? He responded in less than 10 seconds, saying, in all caps, hell no. <laughs> I was dying. That absolutely made my not only my day, but my week. It probably this is a couple years now. This has been like a year and and a half more than that did you write the story
1: did that make your story
0: no i wish I, I i just i think i went on the podcast and i think it was just the podcast and said listen lane kiffin's not coming we'll see what michigan does but
1: yeah because uh, i mean you could dress that up a little bit right like according to a source uh, lane kiffin is not coming to you know ann arbor or whatever but that is awesome that is so cool <laughs> i mean he's everything we want him to be yeah, you know, and, and at, the majority of the Auburn fan base wants uh, Gus Malz on fire, and I'm like, if that happens, please call Lane Kiffin. Please, please, please call Lane Kiffin. I think that would be um, that would be awesome. Listen, because be if great. you're not
0: any good, you'll at least be fun.
1: Right. That's totally you know, and that's supposedly what all this is about, right? Isn't that why we do all this? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's at least what they say anyway. So, all right, yeah, wanted to wanted to mention that. I didn't realize you had a Lane Kiffin story. So that's that's fantastic. All right, we'll wrap up uh, today's uh, Locked On College Football in just a moment. Coming up, so Isaiah Florida is practicing for the first time in like two weeks. Mullen won't say who's available and who's not. They play Missouri this Saturday. Missouri has kind of turned into this popular upset pick over the Florida Gators. One, because I think Missouri's offense is a little bit better than we thought, and Florida's defense is kind of suspect. And then you, you haven't practiced in pretty much two weeks. So, I mean, it's going to have an impact, right?
0: I mean, it very well could. I, I, I think it's funny because Florida, of all schools, listen, they have one in the loss column from Texas A&M. Texas A&M might be, end up being the second best team, uh, in at least in the uh, SEC West, uh, yeah. behind only Alabama. But... I I think it's it's hilarious because that Florida is not getting the benefit of the doubt because people have been all over Florida's jock uh ever since Dan Mullen got there. As if as if kind of the same thing as what people do with Penn State up in in the Midwest from a national perspective. That's yeah. kind of what they do with Florida. Uh not I mean not Georgia who's just a perennial choke job, but and we, we always act like Florida is like, you know, it's the, the the same thing as, like, Texas. Like, it's always Florida's back. Florida's back. Now, Florida's better than Texas, I think. But, I mean, I still think that it's going to be Florida's game to lose, regardless of the fact that they haven't been able to practice. They're still Florida. They do have a lot of talent. Their defense might be suspect. But they still have so much more talent than Mizzou. Uh, but Mizzou is obviously riding some momentum. Who would have thought that after four games that they'd be 2-2? Two and two? Uh, Lord knows I didn't.
1: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So that'll be interesting. And then it's going to be interesting to see how Florida fans react if they lose to Missouri. I mean, losing to Missouri is a big deal. Like, they stink. So whenever uh, whenever that happens, it's always kind of fun to see different fan bases respond to that. Doesn't happen a lot because Missouri loses pretty much everything. But, um, yeah, that's worth watching for sure. It could,
0: it could be worse, though. You could lose to Rutgers.
1: Uh, that's true. That is true. There's always Rutgers. Um, I guess last thing to it, uh, we, we kind of scheduled or plan to talk about today. Mac Jones is um, looking really, really good. Obviously, he loses Jerry Judy. The guy I kind of thinks the best receiver in all of college football, it appears he, he is out for the year. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how Mac Jones responds losing that kind of option in the passing game. But he's starting to get some first-round draft buzz. He's starting to get some Heisman buzz. Do you buy it?
0: absolutely now i mean listen with without the the big 10 being in it with one game because i'm looking at the the scoring offense for the for what's going on here uh ohio state and michigan are one and two but i mean they played one game alabama with four games under its belt is number 3 so they they would be the number one otherwise with five games under their belt scoring 48.4 points a game they're ahead of clemson who's played six games 48.2 Uh, I mean, just,
1: and Clemson dropped a 70 burger in one of those
0: too. Exactly. They're number three overall in passing offense. They would be number two if Nevada wasn't chilling there. Uh, so listen, without Jalen Waddle, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more of a, it's going to be a little bit more of an uphill climb, but at the same time, I mean, Jones has been dealing and this is why I always say like people overreact to, uh, Michigan losing to Alabama in the bowl game but it's like there's still Alabama doesn't really matter people thought that Mac Jones and some also ran but he's running the thing better than Tua did which yeah. tells you something man like they they are just rocking and rolling and this guy is very well could have a Joe Burrow type year uh which I think is really impressive you look at that at passing he's number 3 in passing would be number 2 again without Carson Strong from Nevada in there uh but when it comes to completion percentage uh again take away the uh take away the one game guys right cuz Justin Fields, Graham Mertz, Adrian Martinez those numbers aren't sustainable you're not going right. to you're not going to miss one throw every game Matt Jones is passing at 78.8% after 5 games Joe Burrow last year was a 76.3 passer which i thought was an unattainable number Matt Jones is playing even better
1: Yeah, and I mean, you look at the defenses in the SEC this year, all but about two of them really stink. And Alabama's defense isn't great. They've got the talent, but they're giving up points left and right. And so he's going to be in situations where he's going to have to score a bunch of points. So I think it's kind of set up for Mac Jones to succeed. Um, I'm curious to see, though, like, I mean, can he do anything to surpass Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just with the name Trevor Lawrence and, you know, just kind of what he did this offseason as far as igniting all of the college football players, the D1 players to say, Hey, we want to play. I don't know how you don't give it to Trevor Lawrence, but I think Mac is going to make a run at it. And of course it's going to be interesting to see how some of the big 10 guys like Justin Fields, how, um, how the Heisman voters kind of view that situation as far as less games starting later in the year and all that. So it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be a more interesting Heisman campaign, than I think it normally is. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Trevor still deserves it regardless. I think, listen, you're going to look at it as a single-year best-of award. With Trevor, the fact that he hasn't won it yet, they're going to look at it as accumulative. I mean, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, it's accumulative for him. Uh, And he would deserve it because he's deserved it really any of the last two years. The problem is last year you had Joe Burrow, the year before. uh, I mean, you had a bunch of guys that – very well, much deserved it. So it's just kind of like giving it to the guy who very well could have gotten in any of those other years had there not been another worldly talent sitting right there.
1: Isaiah, where can people find you and hear you, bud?
0: Uh, they can find me at Isaiah Hole on any social media platform, Locked On Wolverines podcast-wise or WolverinesWire.usaToday.com.
1: I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby, Locked On Auburn, available every day wherever you your podcasts. And, of course, Isaiah and me. On Locked On College Football every single Tuesday. Tune into this podcast feed for our colleagues tomorrow, breaking down all the biggest uh, stories throughout all of college football. Right here on Locked On College Football.